Amen. If you have your Bibles with you this morning, and you will, find 1 Samuel chapter 17, as we are going verse by verse through the book of 1 Samuel. We started a new series last Sunday, uh, titled God is Able. And we really talked about this idea that do we believe that God is able to do great and mighty things in our life? Do we really believe that God is able to bring the prodigal home? Do we really believe that God is able to heal? Do we really believe that God is able to save? And we talked about that and we looked at three things last week. We looked at troubling situations come. Troubles come to all of us, no matter our wealth, our poverty, our ethnicity, troubling situations come. And we looked at how the Philistines had came to war against Israel. We looked at terrifying enemies challenge us. And we looked at Goliath. And if you see, uh, 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 Dave and Karen were able to get that out from storage. Um, uh, roughly what possibly he could have been that tall. It's almost unbelievable, but we believe what the Bible says. And so a terrifying enemy challenges us. And we talked about the fact that all of us will have enemies, whether it is people we work with, the people we live with, there can even be the people we go to church with, they could even be ourselves. And the terrifying enemies challenge us. And then we finished up looking that when troubles and difficulties come, how it seems that time just stands still. And we looked at how 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 could it possibly be that Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday at work seems to drag on forever, but then Saturday and Sunday seem just to be gone. And how when you are in the middle of a trial and tribulation, it feels like it's never going to end. And we looked at that last week. But today I want to talk to you because our title of last week's sermon was God is Able Part 1, Trusting God in Difficult situations. And that's something we can all relate to. But today it's not something that's quite so flashy. It's not something that's so um, moving maybe to us, but it's God is able part two, trusting God in everyday situations. You see, most of us think about Moses on the Mount and the burning bush experience. And we think about what that would be like. But you probably need to remember that Moses was just doing an everyday task when that encounter happened. We think about all the great stories in the scriptures of how God worked and moved. And, but yet, if you find out this simple truth that most of the people were just doing everyday tasks. Think about Gideon. When God came to him and said that he had a plan and a purpose for his life, he was down in a wine press. He was down hiding, doing the daily work that was required of him. And so most of us think about these huge spiritual moments, right? I need to go to a, a conference to, to really experience God. Or I need to go to this wonderful uh, experience to, to experience who God is. And really, I believe that most of us are missing what God wants in our life because we are not trusting him in everyday situations. Well, I just got to go to this big women conference or this big men's conference because, oh, it's just going to be so great. It's going to be so amazing. And there's nothing wrong with that. But don't miss the greatness of an everyday Bible study. Don't miss the greatness of a opportunity to soul win to that waitress that you work with. 
And so most of us have got to quit trying to live from big event to big event to trusting God in everyday situations. And so in 1 Samuel chapter 17, if you would stand, I want you to find verse 37. That is our theme verse for this chapter. And listen to what it says again. Moreover, David said, The Lord who delivered me from the paw of the lion and from the paw of the bear, He will deliver me from the hand of this Philistine. And Saul said to David, Go, and the Lord be with you. Pray with me. Father, we thank You so very, very much. And Lord, I pray today that You would give us the faith to believe that You can deliver us. Lord, You can deliver us from our sins. Lord, You can deliver us from our discouragement. Lord, You can deliver us from the mess that we are in as a family or the situations that we struggle with, God. Please help us to believe that. Father, I pray today that You would speak through Your messenger, that Your Holy Spirit would convict and draw and move and only that He can. Lord, we thank You for the individual that's going to be baptized in the second service, Lord, and we pray that You would save and lead many, many more to follow You in obedience. And Lord, we ask it all in Jesus' name. Amen. And so if you remember in chapter 17, uh, the Philistines are on one side of the valley, the children of Israel are on the other side of the, the uh, valley, they're prepared for war, and uh, Goliath comes out every day, uh, twice a day, and he shouts out, send over your best warrior, we'll fight, and it's winter, take all. And we looked at how the children of God were fearful, they were afraid, and we talked about how Saul was this great warrior, that he was a head taller than everybody else. He was picked as a king just for a time as this, but yet he didn't respond. And how Jonathan, this wonderful man of God who had done so many great things, and all the other soldiers just hunkered down and wouldn't fight. And so today I just want to take us verse by verse, and if you're taking notes, I want you to write this down. How do you and I trust God in everyday situations? How do we become a people who God can use always? And it starts with this one simple thing today. Having a humble servant heart. I had no intention to preach this sermon from this text. But yet the Lord just continued to tell me to slow down, Jake. Don't miss the significance of this, because most of us think of King David as a great man, and we think of him at his worst, right? We think of him with Bathsheba. We think of him killing 10,000 Philistines. We, we think about him as the great king. We think of him as just all of these things. But I want to show you that God was preparing and working in David's life, even as a young man, because many of you today are wanting to be at the top of the spiritual food chain, but yet you will not serve humbly where you are. You want everyone to listen to you and to, to, to pay attention to you and to be in charge, but yet you're not willing to let God prepare you for what He's asked you to do. And so we're just going to work right through this today, and I want to show you how a humble servant heart will make you usable to God in every way Every day it says here in verse 12. Now, David was the son of that Ephraite of Bethlehem, Judah, whose name was Jesse. 
and who had eight sons. And the man was old, advanced in years in the days of Saul. The three oldest sons of Jesse had gone to follow Saul to the battle. The names of his three sons who went to battle were Eliab, the firstborn, next to him, Abinad, and the third, Shammah. David was the youngest, and the three oldest followed Saul. But David occasionally went and returned from Saul to feed his father's sheep at Bethlehem. I want you to write this down. He was where God wanted him to be. Now you say, what's the significance of this? Even though King David at this point is not the king, we know that he's been ordained to be the king. We know that he has been elevated to the right-hand man of Saul. He's the very armor-bearer of Saul, his closest friend and confidant in this time. And yet, in that moment, David could have done something. David could have said, well, look at me. I have been raised up. I'm just waiting for my crown on my head. But look at the humility in verse 15. In verse 15, it said there what? But David occasionally went and returned from Saul to feed his father's sheep at Bethlehem. You see, he could have said, I am too important to go home and feed the sheep. I'm too special to go home and serve my father. I am a somebody. I'm not going to do the work of a nobody. But you see, the blessing that God gave David did not change who David was. And friends, many of you today have a David mentality and you are a servant you serve when no one's watching. You serve when there's no glory or honor on this earth. You serve sacrificially. But there are some of you who wouldn't do anything unless everybody sees it. You're kind of like that employee who doesn't work hard because they love their job and believe what they're doing. They have to be told on a regular basis, you're doing a really good job. You just, you're just the best worker we've ever had even though you're as worthless. I better not say that. You're worthless. Right? But friends, I want you to hear this today because as a Christian, I'm afraid many times most of us miss what God intended for us to do because it looks like work. And it looks like service. And it looks like something that we've outgrown in our Christian faith. It's something we've outgrown at home. Oh, I don't do that job at work anymore. I started as a janitor, but I'm not going to stay the janitor. I'm telling you, when I worked at Walgreens, I was a janitor, and I think cleaning up real messes was a whole lot more fun than cleaning up some of the messes that I do now. But it started there. But oh, how many times does someone start there, and they work up the ladder, and they work up success. They start with nothing, and they're, they're, they, have, they don't have nothing when they get married, and they, they're just loving a prayer, right? And, and as they grow old, and they become wealthy, and they become... Uh, full of stuff that those things take their love away. See, I want to show you this this morning. If you want to use, be used by God in everyday situations, in every way, you have to remember that no matter how much God elevates you, that you are just a sinner saved by grace. And friends, there is no one in this world that you are any better than. And there is nothing in the kingdom of God that you are too good 
to do. And friends, if the church could remember that, it would transform who we are. If you remembered that that young lady that's serving your food has no control over the cook in the back. Yelling at your waitress for your food being bad is like me yelling at the television for the politicians in Washington. TV has no control over their stupidity. But yet I sure think it does. That waitress didn't have any control over that. And what you have done is you have ruined your ability to witness to her because of the behavior over foods you probably shouldn't eat anyway, Chubby. No. <laughs> well, that's just how it is. That, that person who hurts you at work that's lost and that's lazy and that's got a filthy mouth and a dirty mind and, and you can't stand being around them. In that moment, you've probably lost your ability to witness because you thought, if they treat me that way, I'll treat them that way. But yet when Jesus said, love your enemies. Pray for those who persecute you. Bless those who do evil to you. Why? Because most of us forget who we were before God saved us and what we brought to the table when God saved us. And the Bible says what we brought to the table at salvation was filthy rags. And so today, if you want to be used by God every day in every way, never forget where God has brought you from. So David occasionally went and returned from Saul to feed his father's sheep at Bethlehem. Look what it says in verse 16. And the Philistine drew near and presented himself 40 days, morning and evening. Then Jesse said to his son David, he's home, he's helping, he's being a good, faithful son. Take now for your brothers an ephah and this dried grain and these ten loaves and run to your brothers at the camp and carry these ten cheeses to the captain of their thousand. And see how your brothers fare. And bring back news of them. Now Saul and they and all the men of Israel were in the valley of Allah fighting with the Philistines. So David rose early in the morning, left the sheep with the keeper, and took the things and went as Jesse had commanded him. And he came to the camp as the army was going out to fight and shouting for the battle. Second thing I want to show you this morning about being a humble servant is being obedient to those who are over you. Now, David is chosen to be the next king. His dad knows it. His brother knows it. And he could have said, well, dad, I don't think I'm going to be your errand boy. I'm going to be the king. It's good to be king. I don't have to listen to you. I don't have to, to run some cheese and stuff to my brothers. Make your servant do it. I'm a somebody, not a person who should be in a nobody's job. But what does he do in that moment? He is obedient to his parent. I do not care if you are 5, 35, or 65. If your parents are alive... You are called to be obedient to them unless they cause you to sin against God or against the person that you're married to. 
Yeah, I knew it would get quiet, and I don't even care because that's exactly what it says. He commanded him. Now, parents, remember the Bible makes it abundantly clear. Do not provoke your children to wrath. Do not lord it over those. And some of you need to let your adult children be adults. Some of you need to let your kids make those mistakes when they're 37 years old and live with it. But friends, I am telling you young people today, it doesn't matter how cool you think you are, how special you think you are, how much you've got going for them, honor your father and mother. And remember this, adults, it doesn't matter how much money you've made or how far God sends you around this world, never forget to love and honor and respect and cherish the people that God gave you as parents. You say, Jake, my parents were no good. That doesn't matter. Your obedience to God does not depend on people. That's like saying, I know God wants me to go to church, but Pastor Jake is just a mess. Well, that's true. Both of those statements are true. And one of these days when you die, you can stand and tell the Lord, I went to Jake church, but Jake was a mess. And the Lord's going to say, that's absolutely true, but that is not a valid excuse. Friends, your parents might not have been there for you. They might have failed you. You might have had an absent dad. You might have had a drunken mom. You might have had all these situations. And to the best of your ability, you should respect and obey them. Oh, I knew this would be popular today. I knew it. But friends, if you want to be used by God in every way, in every day, it's what it takes. Doesn't just go to your parents, though. It's called respect, obedience, and submission in every area. That means when you go to work. Oh, yeah, you thought it was bad about your parents. Don't worry, it's going to get uglier. My company is crooked. My boss is a jerk. They didn't give me a raise. They all fight all the time. I, I, I'm going in there just for a paycheck, and I'll milk them for everything they got not what the Bible says. Work and to the Lord, the Bible says. Do everything for the glory of God. And so, I don't care if you're flipping hamburgers. It don't matter if you're preaching sermons. It don't matter if you're milking cows. It don't matter if you're making underwater baskets. It don't matter what you're doing. You ought to go saying it doesn't matter what they do. doesn't matter what they say. doesn't matter what they think. I'm going to honor it because God put me here for an everyday situations to honor Him every way. That's hard. I'm saying that's hard, and I get the privilege of working for the Lord every day. I, I, I get the privilege of going to hospitals and nursing homes and, and prayer meetings and Bible study and sermon preparations. And sometimes I think, Lord, you're the greatest boss anyone could ever happen, but your co-workers that you've given me are a pain in the backside sometimes. And I have to remember, though, that I love you not based on who you are, I don't love you based on what you can do or what you got to give or have to give, excuse me. I love you because God saw fit to love you. And friends, David was obedient to those over him. And friends, I believe that what is keeping the people of God from being who God wants us to be is we will not be humble in everyday situations. We won't humble ourselves to the 
the boss that's over us. We won't humble ourselves to our spouses. We won't humble ourselves to our parents. But yet David shows us that no matter of your standing in life, no matter of how much God is going to raise you, he was humble in every situation. Now let's go on and look at this. It says in verse 20, I want to read that again. So David rose early in the morning, left the sheep with the keeper, and took the things and went as Jesse as commanded him. And he came to the camp as the army was going out to fight and shouting for the battle. For Israel and the Philistines had drawn up in battle array, army against army. And David left his supplies in the hand of the supply keeper, ran to the army, and came and greeted his brothers. And then as he talked with them, there was a champion, the Philistine of Gath, Goliath by name, coming up from the armies of the Philistines, and he spoke according to the same words, so David heard them. Third thing I want to show you is he was where God wanted him to be, that he was obedient to those who were over him, and he cared about the people in his life. You see, we're going to notice something here that Next week, we're going to look that when King David began to ask questions, he wasn't king yet, right? He didn't have the right to ask questions. That his brothers begin to say, oh, we know all about you. We know your heart. We know why you're asking that. But in this moment, he doesn't just obey out of an obedient son. He doesn't just obey because he doesn't think he's better than everyone else. He obeys because he cares about the people in his life. His brothers are off at war. Think about this. Jesse had three other sons. They could have watched the sheep. They could have ran the supplies. They could have done all of these things, but yet Jesse chose David. And why is this? Because God wanted David on that battlefield. You said, well, he was Saul's armor bearer. He could have been there anyway. Sometimes God wants you to arrive in a Pinto instead of a Lexus. But he still wants you to end up in the same place. You see, the problem with this, nothing wrong with driving a Pinto or a, Mex uh, or a Lexus. Whatever you drive is whatever you drive. But I just last night, for the first time, got to drive my fully restored Chevy pickup truck. And I can tell you, as I was driving the Dollar General, God bless the Dollar General in Dalgrid, even though it had, had some plumbing problems. But uh, I got in that truck, started up, rolled them windows down, slipped on my Sunday, or my Sunday school class, <laughs> my sunglasses, put my arm out the window. I was sitting just a little bit taller, right? I'm driving through Dalgard. How you doing? What you doing? Hey! Pull up, get out Dollar General. The bowlings are sitting at their house. I'm going, hey, hey. Eight months ago, when the exhaust tips were falling off, the bed was so rusted I was leaving uh, so much dust behind me you thought I was spraying for mosquitoes. When you got out of the truck and cut your legs down the back because there was so much rust. When it leaks oil so bad you look like I'm leaving breadcrumbs. Tom's worked on it 37 times. He knows. 
<laughs> Air conditioner hasn't worked. I wasn't riding quite as high. Right, I'd get in there. Nobody sees me. Get to the Dollar General, put my hat on, put my glasses on, pop my collar up. Look like I was a detective or something. Going and thinking, I hope no one sees me driving this old junky truck. But I still ended up in the same place. And friends, most of us are so prideful that God has to humble us. And what I see in this story is David ended up on the battlefield exactly like God wanted him to because God was going to use David to kill Goliath and to see this victory won. But God was testing David's faith. And most of us are so busy strutting for who can see us or what people say about us or what honor and accolades we can accumulate for ourselves that we miss what God is trying to teach us. And what we see here is David continually being faithful, continually being humble, continually being who God wanted him to be. And what we're going to look at next week, <laughs> David's going to say, who does he think he is? <laughs> Malvin, the armies of God. But friends, most of us are too busy worrying about the things of this world to see what God has in store. And so today you say, Jake, I don't understand why I have that boss at work that makes my life so miserable. Maybe God's still trying to knock the you out of you. You say, Jake, I just don't understand why my spouse won't listen at home. I'm telling you, we fight and she's stubborn and he's bullheaded. Maybe God's trying to knock the you out of you. You say, Jake, I have got a steak vision for food. And I'm on a baloney budget. Maybe God's teaching you to be content in all situations and circumstances. You see, friends, we are result driven. I want the biggest church. I want the most people. I want the most baptisms. There's nothing wrong with wanting those things. But what you better want more than anything is just to please God. To hear those words, well done, my good and faithful servant. And so what I had no intention of preaching, just skipping through this text, just moving right along like most people do, it was like the Lord said, are you willing to be a David? Because Saul was always worried about one thing. What do the people think about me? Remember what he said to Samuel? I know that we can't worship God anymore. I know that I'm not right with God. But would you come down with me? Anyway, friends, today I want you to know that God knows your heart. God knows why you do what you do. God knows what's going on behind closed doors. God knows what's going on in your prayer time or lack thereof. And today you might be saying, oh, I just I can't believe you're talking about this to me. It's because God loves you. And God is willing to forgive you. God is willing to use you. God is willing to make you a person that every day he can use you in every way. But you're going to have to say, Lord, here I am. Nothing good in me at all except for you. You say, Jake, I'm not a Christian. Well, this is especially true for you. Today, it doesn't matter if you've been baptized. It doesn't matter if you're a member of a church. It doesn't matter if you give more money to this church than Oprah Winfrey have. It doesn't matter. Today, if you've never been born again, 
Today, if you've never experienced conviction through the Holy Spirit, if you've never told the Lord, I am a sinner. Lord, I am a rebel. I know I have wronged you by sinning against your commandments, against you. Lord, and I know I'm on my way to hell. But Lord, I don't want to go to hell. I don't want to be your enemy. I want to be forgiven. I want to be made right. I want to be brought into the family of God. Today, if conviction is in your life, you can repent, turn from your wicked ways, and turn to Jesus Christ. And the Bible says that all who call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Today, you can be born again through the love of Jesus Christ, through His death, burial, and resurrection. Today, if that's not you, that can be the case. Jesus loved you so much that even though He knew every sin that you'd ever commit, every wicked thought that you'd ever have, died for you, was buried, and rose again. And today, you can be saved. You say, preacher, I'm already saved. I know I'm saved. Well, have you been obedient? Have you taken that step of baptism? Saying, I'm going to follow the Lord. I want everyone to know that I'm saved and that I'm serving Him. Maybe you're here today you say, Jake, I, you know, I, I, I went to that men's conference last year. I went to that women's conference. I was at that revival and I was so spiritually filled and I, I was walking on water. You know, I, I was ready to go. But I'm telling you what, I got home and my spouse sucked the spiritual life right out of me. Well, that's because you're putting your faith in a spouse instead of a savior. You say, oh, Jake, we went to that church down the road and they had the best music and they had the coolest preacher that wore jeans and their music minister had skinny jeans and spiked hair. It was so amazing. First of all, we ain't wearing skinny jeans, okay? If that's what you're looking for. You're in the wrong place, all right? There ain't nothing that I can wear that should be described as skinny, all right? But... <laughs> <laughs> oh shucks and you say oh if we just had that here oh if we just had the lights and the smoke and the oh if we just had it here I know I could be spiritually filled and I know I could be who God wants to be you're putting your faith in something other than the spirit of God the spirit of God is all you need you say oh Jake I tell you what I, I, I've listened to Billy Graham and 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 Lisa Turquest and all these wonderful Bible teachers. And I just, if I can just listen to them, I know I can be who God wants me to be. All that you need to be what God wants you to be is this book and the Spirit of God. He will reveal to you all truth. Christian, I believe the greatest fault that we have is we read too many books about the Bible and not the Bible. God's people have no idea what God's word says unless someone else tells us. But I friend, friends, God will work in your life today. God can make you someone that whether you're getting chewed out at the gas pump, <laughs> whether your kids have been wronged on a sports team, whether you've been passed over for a promotion at work with the most lazy employee, whether you've been wronged at church, whether things aren't good at home, that God can use you every day in every way. But it's going to be having a humble servant's heart in every situation. And so with every head bowed and every eye closed, Jamie's getting ready to come.
And before we pray, I'm going to just ask that you do something for me today. No one looking but me. I will not embarrass you. I will not come to you. I will not do anything in any way to break your trust. But today, if you're here and you are saying, Brother Jake, I just don't know if I'm really saved. I, 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 I'm just really struggling with my faith today. I'm struggling with my relationship to the Lord. Or I do not have a relationship with the Lord. But I want you to pray for me. If you're here today and you know that you're not saved. Would you just slip up your hand? No one's going to be looking around except for me. I'm not going to come to you. I'm not going to embarrass you in any way. I just want to pray for you. Would you slip up your hand today? I'm not saved, Brother Jake, but I want you to pray for me. Not a hand in this place today. Not a hand. And so today, if you're here and you are saved, the question is, how are you serving Him? Maybe today you want to come and just thank God for being so good to you throughout your walk with Him. Maybe today you're here saying, Jake, I've got a little pride. I've got a little stubbornness in me, and I don't want that. I want to be used by God in every situation, every day. This time's for you. Maybe it's something totally different. Maybe you're you're, you're believing that God it needs a miracle in your health. You need a miracle in your family situation. You've got a child that's running from God. Whatever it is, believe that God can deliver whatever situation that you're in. Today, as you have been listening to this sermon, maybe you have been thinking, the Holy Spirit's been working, that I'd like to know more about Jesus. I'm not sure if I've ever been saved. Please reach out and contact us. We would love to share the gospel with you pray with you with whatever's going on in your life. Or maybe you are a believer, but yet you've got some spiritual battles that you've just not been able to conquer. We'd love to join you in that battle. So please, reach out to us. We would love and are waiting to hear from you. May God richly bless you in Jesus' name.